Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. The Prime Directive is fairly straightforward. Non-interference in other cultures. However, that is not to say that Starfleet and the Federation themselves haven't bent this rule on occasion, leading to disagreements with officers to out-and-out insurrections from time to time. Then there are those officers who, for one reason or another, and a common reason being joining the Marquis, decide that they can't stand the uniform anymore. It rarely seems to be an easy decision, though. Though... Of course, there are those who make it crystal clear that they should never have been in the red, blue or gold to begin with. Then there are yet more who wore the uniform as a disguise, hiding their true intentions from the beginning. And we're going to get into them. I am Marcus Bronzy here for Trek Culture and here are 10 officers who really won't be getting a promotion anytime soon after that kind of behavior. Thank you. A.K.A. 10 Starfleet officers who betrayed the Federation. Number 10. Seska. Seska's an example of someone who only wore the uniform as a disguise. She never had any intention of being loyal to Starfleet at all. In fact, she was forced into the position of wearing the uniform whilst also in the process of betraying the Marquis. Seska was a Cardassian operative who surgically altered herself to look Bajoran. Seska had been assigned to infiltrate Chakotay's Marquis cell and report back to Cardassian Central Command. However, no one counted on the displacement wave sent by the caretaker, which enveloped their ship, flinging them into the Delta quadrant which took more than a full tank of gas to get home from it could very well have been a trip into doom had the uss voyager not been caught in the same situation seska then began to bide her time slotting herself into the starfleet crew whilst eagerly searching for a way home she slipped up when it was revealed that she had traded technology with the kazon causing an accident that had led the trail right back to her dirty self she was confronted by janeway and chakotay where not only was her treachery revealed but her true Cardassian DNA. She smirked at the pair as she transported away and would remain a thorn in their side for the next couple of years until finally overreaching in the takeover of Voyager. Number 9 Michael Jonas Oh, this guy, I just want to get my hands around his neck Michael Jonas joined the crew of the USS Voyager when he was stranded in the Delta Quadrant along with the rest of Chakotay's cell While he seemed to adapt to life in Starfleet he did in fact openly object to the way things were run by Captain Janeway Look, disagreeing with your captain, that's cool In fact, it's even encouraged in Starfleet if you have a problem to raise it with your captain You know, different opinions can end up in getting to a resolution What's not cool though is taking advantage of your position and secretly contacting the Kazan as well. He was exposed after something of a sting operation involving Tom Paris, Captain Janeway and Tuvok with a little bit of help from Neelix. Jonas had made a big jump from selling secrets to out and out sabotage, shutting down the systems with hope of forcing the ship to land. Once Voyager landed, the Kazan would then attack. 
Paris discovered what Jonas was up to and had a plan to fix things. But to do that, he had to leave the ship. That meant that he couldn't let the crew know in time. However, Neelix came to the same conclusion and was in a position to act. After a brief fight, Jonas was thrown into a plasma stream, killing him instantly. Good riddance, I say. Number 8. Michael Burnham Michael Burnham has a checkered history in Starfleet to say the least. She has a history of acting in the moment, as she sees fit. In fact, in her introduction, she quickly commits an act of mutiny against her own captain. Burnham's long road to hell is paved almost exclusively with good intentions. She implored Giorgio to fire on the Klingons first, believing that this would show strength and save her ship. She even spoke to her adopted father, Sarek, who described a situation where the Vulcans had fired first, leading to a shaky peace between the two races. However, Burnham was unable to see her plan through. Though she stunned Giorgio, the rest of the bridge crew stood against her. She survived the Battle of the Binary Stars, but was sentenced by a tribunal for her mutiny, branded a traitor and a mutineer. Number 7. Rolaren Ensign, later Lieutenant Rolaren's story is one of those that tugs at heartstrings because when it came down to the wire, she felt absolutely forced to make her decision to leave Starfleet. Whilst her intentions are purely noble, she's forced to pull a phaser on Commander Riker to escape. While she doesn't fire and Riker actually wishes her luck, this is seen by Captain Picard as a pure betrayal of her oath. Ro was born and raised in a Bajoran refugee camp, meaning she had direct experience with the brutal treatment visited by the Cardassians. The of the Marquis seems like a cause that she simply couldn't ignore. While Starfleet debated the finer points of the treaty that delivered the Federation citizens to the Cardassian hands, the Marquis took up arms to do something about it. Roe was selected to infiltrate them, gaining as much intel as possible and delivering what she could back to Starfleet. Perhaps, and also predictably, she was unable to ignore the suffering and pain that she found. Though her betrayal of Starfleet came from the purest of intentions, Captain Picard's face says it all in the closing moments of preemptive strike. On a Closing note, with the destruction of the Marquis by the Dominion, but no confirmed body of Rolaren, this writer chooses to believe that she's still out there, making her way. Number 6. Michael Eddington Owner of one of the galaxy's most punchable smirks, it's unclear exactly how long that Michael Eddington had planned his betrayal of Starfleet. But what we do know is he organized a supply of industrial replicators due for a stop at Deep Space Nine to fall into the hands of the Marquis, though this resulted in the reveal of his ruse. His relationship with Cisco became something close to hatred as time went by. Cisco had now lost another colleague and friend, or so he fought, to the group. This one, as he had said himself, had been to his home for dinner. They had been to a baseball game together, Cisco saw Eddington's betrayal not as just treachery to Starfleet, but personally to him as well. This led them to a classic game of cat and mouse, and it took Cisco poisoning the skies of a marquee world to finally get him to surrender. Which, well, that isn't very Starfleet either, is it? Let's make some extra room for Ben on the list as well, shall we? Yeah, let's get that in there. Number 5. Calvin Hudson Calvin Hudson was an old friend of Benjamin Sisko and Curzon Dax. He was a married man until the death of his wife Gretchen in the late 2360s. After this, Hudson's life and perspective changed. He was assigned with the task of overseeing Federation colonies in the demilitarized zone during the treaty. However, when on the ground, he quickly learned that he was unable to reconcile his duties to Starfleet with all of the suffering that he witnessed. He became a marquee sympathizer before quickly joining and rising through the ranks to become an important leader in the cause. At that point, he began to use his Starfleet connections to secure supplies for the Marquis and to keep them safe. He hoped that he'd be able to persuade his old friend Cisco to join the cause. No points for guessing that Cisco gave a big fat no to that. Cisco learned of his old friend's death several years later when the new 
leader of the marquee, Michael Smirkface, I want to punch it in Eddington, named Hudson as the martyr to the cause. Number four, Captain Ransom. Captain Rudy Ransom, one second, awesome name. Captain Rudy Ransom of the USS Equinox was a mirror of Captain Janeway. Their stories were so similar, both commanded vessels that were stranded in the Delta Quadrant by the caretaker. However, where Janeway had the advantage of a larger and more advanced vessel, whilst also finding allies, trading posts, and a Neelix along the way, the Equinox was quickly attacked and lost half of its crew. From that point, the Equinox was consistently on the back foot. So when Ransom and the crew who hadn't eaten properly for over two weeks were introduced to the Ankari, they were thrown a lifeline. The Ankari were able to summon some beings that they dubbed spirits of good fortune. But these spirits were in fact aliens who were able to increase the Equinox's warp capability significantly. But the process of doing this killed them. Still, Ransom ordered the crew to continue. He actually calculated that it would take just over 60 extra alien deaths to get them home. And by the time he caught up with Janeway and she cottoned onto what he was doing, well, let's just say he had to answer for his actions. Number three, Captain Benjamin Sisko. The truth is, there are a few times that Sisko could have ended up on this list. More than a few times. Initially, he fails to inform Starfleet of Calvin Hudson's betrayal. Then he takes the Defiant into the Gamma Quadrant to save Odo and Garak, disobeying a direct order to do so. Later, he uses the Defiant's cloaking device whilst in the Alpha Quadrant, technically a betrayal of the agreement with the Romulans, though this is an agreement with Starfleet and the Empire. But this is also an argument for including his actions that led to the Romulans joining the war. Though this plan was sanctioned by Starfleet, it most certainly is a betrayal of the principles of the Federation. However, the entry here revolves around his hunt for Michael Smirkpants Eddington. He allowed the search of the former security officer to become deeply personal, resulting in man hours and resources being diverted to finding him. This also resulted in Starfleet taking him off the search and reassigning him to the USS Malinche, which was later attacked and disabled by Eddington. Further raging Cisco. Against orders, Cisco takes the Defiant back out to hunt. However, he heads for a marquee colony and issues a general warning that he's about to detonate trilithium resin into the atmosphere, rendering the planet uninhabitable. Though Eddington attempts to call his bluff, Sisko orders a visibly disturbed wharf to fire and poison them. Eddington does surrender, but he calls it. Sisko has betrayed his oath to Starfleet just to hunt down the man who beat him. Sisko technically won on the day, but it came at a heavy cost. Number two, Jean-Luc Picard. He was a dedicated officer, believing wholeheartedly in the Prime Directive and rarely questioned its place and importance. Though he skirted insubordination whilst commanding the Enterprise D, most notably in his refusal to turn Data's daughter Lal over to Vice Admiral Haftel, he generally kept himself to the line of duty. This changed whilst commanding the Enterprise E. Commander Data was assigned to observe a Baku village and accidentally discovered plans to move the people off the planet. Once Picard became aware of the plan, he confronted Admiral Dowerty, the Starfleet commander in charge of the operation. At first, Picard thought that there was a rogue faction attempting to steal the planet. He was truly shocked when he discovered that the Federation had actually ordered the mission, believing the benefits of the planet, specifically the radiation in the planet's rings that reversed aging and damage, to be too great to ignore. Picard made a choice, which very nearly cost him his ship and his career. He initially planned to take the captain's yacht and save the Baku himself, taking the blame squarely on his shoulders. Thankfully, his crew refused and they supported him. Riker took the Enterprise E back to inform Starfleet of what was actually happening. Admiral Dowerty did come to understand Picard's decision, but he was killed before he could aid him. Whilst Picard did not receive a reprimand for his actions, the mission was scrapped. Number 1. 
Admiral Cartwright. This Starfleet Admiral was responsible for one of the greatest conspiracies to involve the Federation in its history, one that involved sabotage, deception and murder. It also lacked honour. The fact that he was an officer of such high rankings was a truly shocking thing, even if his intentions may have begun in a place of understanding. The explosion of the Klingon moon of Praxis set the chain of events in motion. The Klingon homeworld was devastated by the event, which finally caused them to reach out to the Federation. Treaty negotiations began, which would eventually lead to Starfleet and the Empire becoming allies. Great news, right? This began with the Klingon Chancellor Gorkon. He was one of the most progressive leaders of Klingon society, though this led to enemies both in and outside of the Empire. Cartwright, with a selection of other officers, were against the treaty completely. Cartwright, for his part, couldn't stand the idea of a former enemy leeching off the resources of the Federation. So, a grand plan went into effect. Gorkon was assassinated whilst his ship was accompanied by the Enterprise A through Federation space. Kirk and McCoy were used as scapegoats, though thankfully, they escaped. In a race against time, the Enterprise and the Excelsior rushed to the planet Kitama to stop a second assassination attempt, this one against the Federation president. Cartwright was arrested, though he believed himself to be acting in the Federation's best interest. He was taken away in disgrace. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.